Good morning, Slate Church. So happy to see you tuning in with us today. Uh, my name is Michaela. I'm here with David. We are your production leaders uh, here at Slate Church. I oversee our watch parties. Uh, David, tell the good people what you do. Uh, and I help lead part of our studio team here at Slate Church. And we're happy to see you. It's Sunday. We made it. Um, happy weekend, even though it's day two of the weekend. But right now, let us know in the chat where you're tuning in from. Um, whether it's a city, maybe you're at the cottage, maybe you're in your living room, maybe in your kitchen. We want to know. Where Let's take are a you? Look. What do you see, Michaela? See some Hamilton representation. I like that. I like okay, that. Cool. We see some Waterloo. Nice. Yeah, no surprise there. Typical, some Kitchener, Cambridge, beautiful. That's Brantford. Okay, very cool. Love to see. Love to see it. Nice. Well, cool. Oh, that place we, is a bit weird. That's okay. We have a special game to play today. You may have been noticing we've been playing a lot of different games um, here in the pre-roll, and I'm going to let Michaela explain today's game. Yeah, this one is going to be really fun. We're going to test your uh, song knowledge here. We're going to play love song or worship song. Ooh. You know, sometimes they can get a little mixed up. I don't know. Sometimes you're like in church, you're like, wow, like I can hear this on like the top 100 like love song hits uh, where they belong, honestly. Okay, but we're going to read them out too. And we want to see it. You know, if you're in the chat, I think we got some emojis, put some praise hands up there, put a heart if you think it's a love song. Um, and if you're at watch party, I'm going to be there. I want to hear you yell out what you think it is. So our first one is, no, nothing can come between you and I. What do you think? Nothing can come between you and I. Sounds like a love song. I don't know. Nothing can come between you and God. So I don't know. What do, we what do think people in the think? Chat? What do we see? We see some love songs. I see some hearts. I see some praise hands. <laughs> well, what do we got? It's a love song. You and I, One Direction, a classic. Classic. Very nice. All right. Next up, we have... All of me loves all of you. You're my end and my beginning. Even when I lose, I'm winning. Love song or worship song? That's Hillsong if I've ever heard it, honestly. Hillsong, Beginning and end, you know. Nothing can come between us. I love it. Well, the answer is John Legend, often confused with Joel Houston, but <laughs> that is a love song if I ever heard one. What do we got oh next? Oh my goodness. Um, sweet. Ooh, and I, I'm desperate for you. And I, I'm lost without you. Okay. That That's pretty romantic. It's so romantic. in the chat. I see lots of hearts. Yeah. Lots of hearts. You got to be dead on with this one. And Psych. the answer is? It's a worship song. It's a worship song. We got song. Breathe by Michael W. Smith, a classic. Classic. What's all next? right. Next up we have, here is all my love. It's yours. No conditions. When you pull me close, no, I won't resist it. Love song or worship song? I hope that's not a worship song. <laughs> and we have a couple of people commenting in the chat. We see some, somebody guess that's a worship song. That's crazy. I don't know. That... Imagine you singing that in church, like next to your grandparents or something. Like, well, ooh. believe it or not, that is a worship song. You can thank Stephanie Gretzlinger for extravagant. And that's a worship song. All right. <laughs> Catch that on uh, Sunday next week by our worship team. And what's our last song? <laughs> Uh, so we got, so take me as you find me. All my fears, fears and failures fill my life again. That's kind of sweet. That's what do sound, people think? That's, that's beautiful. <laughs> Sheds I, a tear. <laughs> I think that's a, I think that's a love song, but it's a love song to God. Exactly. It's Thank a worship you very song. Much. <laughs> yeah. Mighty to Save by Hell song. That's a classic. Mm -hmm. I think that one was a little bit too easy. Our last one today is this. There's nothing else to compare. The sight of you leaves me weak. There are no words left to speak. Love song or worship song? 
I don't know, sometimes when you're worshiping, you know, like God just leaves you breathless. Like you're like, oh, I don't know. Tell yeah. me. It is a love song. Never Can't mind. take my eyes off you. Frank Valley. Um, <laughs> oh and uh, yeah, that brings us to the end of our songs. But before we go, we've got 40 seconds left and we want you to make the most of it. So right now there's an invite button that's going to pop up in the chat. What do we do with an invite button, Michaela? We're going to invite someone to church today. Come you on. can send the link to them. Uh, it's going to prompt you to do so. And you know what? We just love to see them in the chat. Um, so it's going to be really great. So hit that button. Tell a friend, tell a family member, tell your neighbor, whoever. It's going to be really good. It's that easy. Pull your phone out. Text that link to somebody. Better yet, um, invite somebody to one of our watch parties for next week. Yes, um, That's do it, also do it. an option. Anyways, we have... 10 seconds here. The countdown is on. We're going to pass it back over to our lead pastors, Pastor Luke and Pastor Victoria, to take us into the next part of today's message. Well, hey, everyone. My name is Luke, and this is my wife, Victoria, and we just want to take a minute and welcome you to church today. We're so glad that you've joined us, whether you're tuning in at home or whether you're joining us at one of our watch parties. We just want to say hello. We're glad to have you here at church with us today. That's right. And hey, if you've never filled out one of our Connect cards, we would love for you to, to do that. This is uh, the one-stop shop, one-stop place. If you have any questions for us as a church or if you have questions about maybe joining a team or a Connect group, uh, whatever it might be, we would love for you to fill out a Connect card so our team can get in touch with you and, and connect with you. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, hey, right now, we're about to start our service in the best way that we can with praise and worship. So wherever you are, why don't you jump on your feet and why don't we worship God together? Hello, church. Wherever you are right now, um, why don't you just turn your heart towards God? And I'm just going to read a verse from Psalm 9, 1 to 2. It says, I will praise you, Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of all the marvelous things that you have done. I will be filled with joy because of you. I will sing praises to your name. And that's what we're going to do right now, church. We're just going to worship and sing praises. So why don't you sing with me? Where 
You know, what a powerful declaration that is. You know, maybe you're right now worshiping wherever you are at a watch party in your home, whatever that looks like. And maybe you're going, I don't know if I can declare that. I don't know if I can, I can sing that out so loud. I don't know if I can say that out with so much confidence. But today I encourage you, speak it out, even if it's with fear and trembling, because we need to proclaim that we are going to see a victory. We know that God is good. We have sung about it this whole time, about God's goodness and Him coming in and Him being present in whatever situation you find yourself in. Maybe today you are so thankful for things that are going on. We have a lot to be thankful for, church. We have a lot of things to be praising God for. You know, some of them that have come in over this past week, someone's thankful that they were able to extend their co-op position. Someone's thankful that they're able to be at watch parties again. How great is that? Someone's thankful to be involved in their community, to feel at home. Someone's thankful for an accommodating workplace. Someone is thankful for the sun. You know, we have a lot to be thankful for. But there's also a lot of needs. And maybe you're listening, maybe you're watching, maybe you're worshiping and you're going, God, I just need you in this area. I need you in my loneliness. I need you in my frustration. I need you in my fear. I need you in my physical health. I need you in this situation. You are not alone with that. We're praying for someone's car that it would get running. We're praying that someone would find tenants. We're praying that, uh, uh, that someone whose grandma is living alone would not be lonely as she's wrestling with this period. We're, we're praying for someone who's been struggling with abdominal pain and doesn't have any results yet on what that looks like for a diagnosis. We're praying for people who are single and feeling lonely in this time. We're praying for someone who has just lost their family business. We're praying that someone would experience rest and comfort in God. And maybe you can relate to some of these. Maybe you have your own need today. But listen, church, we are going to declare that we are going to see a victory because the battle does not belong to us. The battle is not within our own understanding. The battle is not something that we have to figure out or we have to solve or a problem that we have to take into our own hands. The battle belongs to God. And I want to encourage you in that today. So I'm going to pray. We're going to go back into this song. And I just encourage you, if you're sitting down, stand up. If you're standing up, why don't you raise your arms up? Why don't you just enter in to the presence of God? Take that chance today because I believe that God wants to meet you right where you are. Let's pray together, church. Jesus, you see every single need. We are so thankful for what you are doing. We are so thankful for the praise reports that have come in, what you're doing in our lives. But Jesus, we need you. This battle that we are facing, whatever it is, for people all across this city and beyond, God. Whatever battle is happening, Lord, we pray for breakthrough in Jesus' name. We pray for physical healing. We pray for comfort. We pray you be close to the brokenhearted, God. We pray right now against anxiety and depression and feelings of fear and worry, God. We pray for breakthrough. And Jesus, we just declare in your name that we are going to see a victory because this battle is not ours, it is yours, and we trust you with it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen, amen. Let's continue to worship here, church.
Amazing. Well, listen, church, I also had the privilege to talk to you around our giving today. Worship has been so fantastic, and I love that we get to continue in that right now. And I just want to read very quickly for you a verse out of Luke chapter 12, verse 33. And, and it says this, sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out a treasure in heaven that will never fa fail, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You know, I love to talk about generosity and I love to talk about giving. And I love to talk about giving back out of what God has given us to the local church, to Slate Church, because I think there is something so key here, even in these verses. You know, Jesus has just been talking about worry. And oftentimes when we start to feel worried or we start to feel unsure or we start to feel just a little uncertain of what's going on, we tend to try to get control of things and we try to bring things in closer. And we see what Jesus is saying here is, hey, listen, it's not about what you have. It's not about holding it close. It's not about obsessing over it here because uh, uh, things fade here. It's not forever here. We worry so much about the tangible. We obsess so much over our finances and God is saying, give it away. Release it. We don't have to hold on to it. We don't have to try to get control over it because where our treasure is, there our heart will be also. Let's focus on the things that are above. That's where our heart is going to be as well. And there's so much blessing in that. And it's such a freeing thing to experience. And you know, uh, giving is really a biblical principle and we get to participate in that today. So there's a lot of ways that you can give to Slate Church today. Um, you can see those on the screen coming up. You can see that, figure out the ways that work best for you. And I would love just to pray over our giving today. So Jesus, you see all that's coming in, God, and we are so thankful that uh, we, we have been so blessed as a church, God, and, and that we could do so much with what has come in. And God, I just pray that you would uh, help us to realize once again today that our treasure is not here on earth, but it is up in heaven. It is with you. Our treasure is trusting you, God. And I pray that we would just, uh, uh, just have a deeper understanding of that today. In your name, amen. Amen. Well, listen, there is a lot going on here at Slate Church. We are right in the midst of our This Is Church series. It's phenomenal so far. I'm excited for today as well. But I wanted to let you know about a couple of things. The first of this, we talk about this every single week. And if you have not joined in with Prayer Morning yet, what are you waiting for? Just follow the link, slatechurch.com slash prayer. It's every Thursday morning at 6.30 a.m. I know that that's early, but you can do it. You can get out of bed. You would get out of bed for something else. You can get out of bed to pray. You can just jump on that Zoom call. You don't have to put your video on. You don't have to put your um, uh, 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 microphone on. You can just join us and we worship together. We pray together over the needs of this church. We thank God. We take communion together. It's a great time. So join us there. Hey, listen, we are once again serving our community. We are now stepping out and doing that in, uh, in more ways through City Impact in this season. And if you want to get involved or if you want your connect group to get involved in serving tangibly right now, you can go to slatechurch.com slash City Impact and get involved with all that is happening there as well. 
Listen, you're going to want to be following us on social media at Slate Church, at Slate Church Online, just to keep up with what is happening, with what's going on, because there is so much that is happening here at church. And we want to make sure that you're a part of it. You're encouraged. uh, You're doing well. We believe that it's going to bless you as much as it's going to inform you. So why don't you join us there? Take part in it. And why don't you also join us for a watch party? Maybe you're watching from home right now. And next week, you could sign up and register for a watch party. Why don't you plan to do that? Gather together with other people at a social, a socially distanced uh, uh, way and watch church together. Be part of church together. If you're a family, you have kids, we have a service just for you at 3.30 p.m. Make sure you register at slatechurch.com and we would love to have you there for watch parties. But hey, we are going over to the interview and I'm excited for it today. It's gonna be a great one. So why don't you join us there? Thanks, Pastor Emma. Hey, my name's Nate, and I'm excited to be here with a very special guest today for our interview segment. Uh, I'm excited that we get to welcome Cam today. Uh, Cam is one of our incredible volunteers here at Slate Church. Uh, he helps out with our Elmira location. Uh, he, he works with our host team and, and running our watch parties there. Uh, and somebody I actually get to work with pretty closely on a regular basis. And I'm really excited just to hear your story today, Cam, and just have you share a little bit about uh, some of the stuff that you've gone through, some of the stuff you've actually struggled through. Uh, I think it's gonna be really powerful to share this with our Slate Church community. Um, before you jump in, and I kind of ask you some questions here, uh, you know, I, I even just want to say, you're going to be talking about uh, pornography addiction. That's what we're talking about today. And I think that this is a, uh, a conversation and a story that's going to speak to people who have struggled with, with lust and similar things to you. Uh, but it's also going to be a conversation for anyone who struggled with shame and guilt and sin that they just haven't been able to overcome. And uh, I got to hear a bit in advance. I think it's going to be really powerful. Uh, so why don't you just tell us a little bit about your journey uh, kind of working through this, man? Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, pornography for me started at the age, or I guess I don't even know the age, but more in grade four, um, crazy young. Like, yeah, I, I, I don't even know how, like, how it kind of started, but I, there's so many, so many young kids that are, are getting, uh, getting hooked onto it at a really young age. And yeah, for myself, it was grade four. Um, yeah, running upstairs, grabbing my dad's phone before, uh, yeah, before I was asleep, obviously, and when, when I knew my parents were asleep, and um, yeah, it was just like a, yeah, it just kind of, like I, I grew up in a in a Christian family, and I went to a Christian school, and so there was kind of like, you'd think I'd be like the last kid that was that was gonna kind of fall into that trap, but all throughout public school. Um, and high school, uh, it got a lot worse, my addiction to it. And yeah, it was just such a a dark place to be in. Um, I didn't tell anybody. I was just kind of struggling on my own. I'd, I knew it was wrong. Like I just felt so guilty and shameful and yeah, it, uh, it just really discourages you in your faith. And like, I remember going to church every week and, I just didn't feel like I belonged there. Like I just felt uncomfortable. I felt like God was judging me and I just knew that there was something wrong. And yeah, it was just, yeah, there's different times where I'd, I'd try and really um, get back on track and maybe I'd go a couple months without watching porn or something like that. But at the end of the day, I'd just always fall back in. Um, and yeah, I had done... Um, 
there's been different times where I thought like, okay, this is it. Like I'm good. Like I'm good to go. Like this isn't going to be a problem anymore. And sure enough, there'd be, there'd be another moment where I'd, um, yeah, just be caught off guard. And, um, yeah. So throughout high school, it was just like something I knew I couldn't keep doing. Like I needed something radical. Like I was like, God, I need you to do something in my life that really shakes me up because I don't think I can do this. Like, just with my normal day living, like Mm -hmm. I'm praying to you, like I'm doing all these things, like what, what is like, what's happening? Like what, what do I need to do? And I was, um, yeah, I was right after high school, uh, God sent me uh, to do a YWAM in New Zealand. Mm -hmm. And like the very first day they're like, okay, we're sharing life stories. Don't leave anything out. (laughs) It's like, Ooh, okay, here we go. And that was the first time I told anybody about my addiction to porn. And yeah, I just, it was such a powerful thing to kind of speak that out for yeah. the first time. And I really saw how God moved through that and yeah. just being open and sharing that with people. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'd, I'd went for uh, about a year after, um, yeah, not struggling really at all with it. Yeah. And I thought like, okay, God, thank you. Like, this is kind of another, another thing checked off. Like, yeah. I'm good to go whatever. And yeah, then I started going to university and yeah, in first year, there's just obviously way different than a secluded, really encouraging, uplifting environment like YWAM is. And so it was only a matter of time and I fell back in and yeah, it, that really hit me hard when I, when I, yeah, I'd watch porn again because I just thought worthless. Like I just like, how, how did I allow this to happen? Like God, I thought this was something that I was done with. Like, how how is this happening? Yeah. And that really took me a while to build up the courage to tell somebody again because, mm-hmm. yes, there's just something about when you when you fall back in after you thought you'd beat it. Um, yeah. It's yeah, it's really difficult. And so yeah, I had I had told um, yeah some different trusted friends and mentors in my life and. Um, yeah, and since then, it's it's been a struggle still um, over that that next the year after whatever it was. Um, yeah, I'd go a couple months and just here and there, and through that all all these different times where I had kind of fell back down, I just saw how God was strengthening me through it and teaching me more and more, wow. and I can see that God just didn't teach me enough in those times. Like I wasn't. I wasn't learning enough and keeping up to what he was trying to teach me through that. And so it's taken a few times. And yeah, for the last couple of months now, um, God's been uh, really gracious. And um, yeah, I just haven't had the daily struggle as much, but it's something that's always still um, a struggle um, with, yeah, with lust. And it's, it's not something that can just be broken for good. Um, for the average person. Like it, it's something that's always a, a mental battle. And um, though I'm not, uh, I guess, dealing with day to day watching porn, obviously um, for the last few months, it's it's still something that, yeah, I can really see how the enemy really attacks, uh, attacks me in my mind. And just, yeah, it's, it's something where you need to really just um, dig into God's word and really focus on him every day and not get kind of distracted 
and even practically speaking, um, paying attention to what, what you're intaking. What are you yeah. listening to? What are you watching? Mm. I've noticed that makes a huge difference. Like how, how often am I actually filling up with, with God's word and with worship music and the people I'm spending time with, talking with? Um, yeah, I've just noticed that's made an insane difference. Yeah, and, and, and that's really good, man. And thank you for sharing that. And I think um, it's, uh, it's really powerful just to hear your story and the fact that, hey, you know, sometimes it's like, uh, it's like hey, I overcame this thing and I never had to deal with it again. And that's awesome when, when we can find that freedom. But I think it's also powerful to see that, uh, you know, even though it's been a struggle that, you know, has gone away at times, but has continued to be kind of in the background that you've just kept going back uh, at it. You've kept getting back up. You've kept seeking God again and seeking him out. I think there's something really powerful in that. Um, throughout this process and just uh, as you've been finding this freedom and seeking God through this struggle, uh, what have you really taken away from that? Like, what has God really taught you? And how would you encourage somebody else who might be struggling with some sin and shame that they've been holding on to? Yeah, um, something that's so powerful to know is that God doesn't God doesn't want us to struggle in silence. He, yeah. he wants us to, yeah, to tell, tell people you trust, um, people that you respect, that, uh, yeah, that, um, that you can just be open and vulnerable to. I think yeah. there's something so powerful, so beautiful about that, that by sharing um, our testimonies with other people, God uses that. And through relationship with one another, we're, we're becoming closer to God. We're strengthening our faith. And yeah. I think that's just such a beautiful thing that, God would even use my testimony to, um, yeah, to share. And it's, it's something that, uh, yeah, it's sometimes we can just kind of get so afraid of judgment and so afraid of, um, yeah, just the fear of what other people will think. Yeah. Um, but I think it's just such a lie from the enemy and God really wants us to, uh, yeah, to surrender to him and to tell, tell other people and, um, stay accountable to one another. Come on, that's so good. Can we just thank Cam for sharing his story today? Come on, that was incredible. Awesome. Thank you so much, man. I, I, I just, I really love getting to do life with you and getting to hear your story and just the way that you, uh, are, I think you're just like, honestly, you're so humble. And I think there's so much more that I could say about you and about your leadership and the heart you have for Christ and your holy habits and the way that you seek God regularly. I think getting to see that up close, uh, it's cool just to see the fruit in your life and the way that, hey, it's like, not just, you're not just as one sin, but you're somebody who's actually seeking God through everything that you're doing in your life. Um, I think there's just so much depth to this story because of the kind of life that you live. So thank you so much. Uh, I've been really encouraged by this and I know that a lot of other people I'm sure have been as well. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks a lot. I really appreciate it. Awesome. Well, hey, uh, this was incredible. I love this time every week where we get to hear a story. We get to hear, uh, uh, you know, what God is doing in somebody's life. Uh, but I'm also excited for our next segment where we actually get to break down a different word week in and week out that is related to our theology, related to what we're learning about as a church and helping us gain a bit of a better understanding. So I'm going to pass it over to Pastor Luke for our word of the week. Well, hey, everyone, the word that we are looking at this week is sanctification. Now, you might hear that word and think that that's just kind of an old-fashioned sounding word, and you're wondering, does this mean anything for me today? And I'm here today to tell you that absolutely it does. And I want to answer right now what sanctification is, why it's important, and how it applies to your life all in the next 90 seconds, all right? So what is it? Simply put, 
Sanctification is the process by which you move away from sin and move toward Jesus. It is the everyday journey of faith. It's the day by day, little by little, becoming more like Jesus. Now, why is this important? Well, because when you become a believer, when you make a decision to follow Jesus, uh, very simply, you are justified by faith in Christ and you are declared righteous by God. Now, sanctification is the process by which the Spirit of God not only declares you as righteous, but actually makes you righteous. In fact, there's a scripture that I want to read to you from 2 Corinthians 3, verse 18. Paul says, And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So how does this apply to your life? Well, quite simply, as you spend time with Jesus, by reading his word, by praying, by spending time in worship, as you spend time with Jesus, you become more like Jesus. And as you become more like Jesus, you are able to do what Jesus would do if he were you. That means that you can approach life in an entirely new way. Now you can approach life, whatever situation might present itself, and you can make the right choices. You can have the right thoughts. You can have the right feelings. You can uh, do it with a new level of response because you have been made like Jesus. Sanctification, very simply, is being made into the image of Christ. All right. Now, I'm really excited to be able to introduce the preaching for today. Listen, you're going to want to lean in. You're going to want to get your notebooks ready. You're going to want to get yourself prepared for what God wants to say to you today. In fact, we've got an incredible speaker today. I'm so excited to hear him. I'm so excited for what he is going to share with us. And so why don't you put your hands together and welcome Pastor Jarrett as he brings the word today. Hey everybody, I hope you're doing well today, whether you are at a watch party, come on give it up for watch parties. If you're there, uh, hello, it's good to see you. Um, I can't really actually see you, I'm just looking at the camera right now, but I'm probably also at the watch party, so it is actually good to see you. And uh, if you're online, it's great to uh, have you here with us today. If you're there and you've got the chat rolling, why don't you just say like a hello in the chat and jump in there. And if you're watching this on YouTube afterwards, uh, hey, I'm glad that you're here. I'm glad that you're jumping in to the service. I hope that God is doing something new in your life today. But um, we are in the middle of our, kind of the, the back middle of our This Is Church series. And it has been a phenomenal series. Uh, to be honest, it's been like really, really cool to see the ways that God has been moving in our church through the worship. There's just been like a shift in, in our worship team and the heart that they're bringing to it week in and week out. It's been cool to see some of the messages that have been spoken and the way that that's impacted 
impacted our church. I know Pastor Brandon has talked about this, but even myself as well, I've been getting messages from people in our church saying like, hey, we're just loving the series that we're in. God's speaking to me in a new way. He's revealing himself in a new way. And so that's so cool to see. And I'm, I'm honored and, uh, and blessed to have the opportunity to jump in and speak on one of those topics for This Is Church. And so before we jump into it, I just want to say uh, a big thank you to our lead pastors, Pastors Brandon and Emma, for just being really um, sensitive to what God is telling them to do in leading this church and opening the door for a conversation like this around uh, This Is Church to happen and even just giving an opportunity to somebody like myself to be able to communicate on that too. So can we give it up for our lead pastors, uh, Pastor Brandon and Emma there? That's great. And so, so you know who I am. My name is Jared. I, I'm on the staff team here at Slate Church, and uh, I'm really excited to talk today uh, for the This Is Church series. I'm going to give you the title up front, okay? The title is From Viral to Revival, okay? You can write that down, From Viral to Revival. Why don't you turn to your neighbor and say, From Viral to Revival. Listen, I'm really excited about it. What does that title mean? What is it all about? It's got a lot of V's in it. It's got a lot of R's in it. But basically what it means is uh, it's this idea of we don't want to be a church that is just known for virality, for like actually uh, attracting large crowds or looking cool or kind of being a flash in the pan. But we want to see revival in our church. We want to see revival in our city. And we don't want to wait on that. We want to see a move of God today. And we want to be expecting of a move of God. And what we mean by revival is just a returning to the things that are important in our life. And for many people to understand that, that God, the, the place that God has in their life and for the Holy Spirit to do something new in our church and to do something new in our city and to see many people come to know God in a new Way and actually orient their life around God. And so we don't want to just be something that's viral and cool to see and, and hear for a moment, but we want to see revival start in our church and in our city, okay? So we're excited about that. And what we really want to, I want to touch on today is this idea of commitment, all right? So in order to see um, revival, we need to be committed. I'm just going to tell you what we're going to talk about this whole time, and then I'm going to talk about it from like six different ways in the same thing. But we're going to be talking about commitment today. We're going to be talking about the importance of commitment and the importance of being committed to the right things. You can be committed to a lot of things, but you need to be committed to the right things. And so we're going to jump into that today. And we're going to read out of Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. So if you've got a Bible, why don't you flip open to Philippians? <laughs> flip open to Philippians. Why don't you flip open to Philippians? And if you're watching online in the church online platform, and there's like a tab that says Bible, you can click on that and scroll down to Philippians. Uh, however that is laid out, I don't actually know, but it's there for you. And, uh, and we're going to jump in and we're going to talk about uh, this idea of commitment, okay? So I'm going to read it out for you here. It should also be on the screen. It says this, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. So before we read any further, I want to I just talk about that. In your relationships with one another, as we have our relationships with each other, we need to have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. And so as many of us now know, church isn't about a building or a location or anything like that. Church is a community of believers that actually gather around the person of Jesus to learn his teachings and to live the way that he lived in this world and to draw other people and to be, to be uh, the light and share the good news of Jesus to the people around them. And so that's what, that's what church is. And it has a lot to do with relationships. And so in your relationships with one another, we need to have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. First question I'm asking myself when I read that is, what is the mindset of Christ Jesus? Okay, we're going to read about that right here. Uh, verse 6, it says, Who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. So what this is saying is that Jesus, who is God, being in the very nature God, he didn't consider the fact that he was God as something that could serve himself or be used to his own advantage, but rather... 
he took the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself. This is key. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Wow. This is a great passage. We're going to jump back in and unpack it a little bit here. But why don't we pray uh, before we get into anything here? Jesus, we love you. Thank you for an opportunity to gather like this. Thank you for uh, just the chance to be doing watch parties again, the chance to have a studio like this, to be able to communicate your good news and your gospel, God. And I pray that as we're meeting like this, whether we're in the studio or whether we're in a watch party, wherever we are today, God, I thank you that it doesn't matter where we are because your Holy Spirit can still meet us where we are, God, and that your presence is here with us. And so I just want to take a minute to recognize that and uh, just ask that whatever we've got that is keeping us from... Uh, from you today, whether it's just something that we feel weird about or don't want to talk to you about or whatever that is, God, I pray that we would set that aside, that you would soften our hearts and that you're, you would speak a new thing to us today and we would have ears to listen, God, and hearts that are soft to receive it from you today. We love you and ask this in your name. And everybody said, amen. 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 So, so basically, if you want to get better at anything in your life, if you want to grow in any of the things that you're doing, you have to commit to that thing. Okay, so if you've got a skill that you want to develop, you've got to commit to getting better at that skill. If you're bad at sports and you want to be good at sports, you have to actually commit to learning how to play sports. I don't play any real sports, so I just said sports in general and not a specific sport. They're all kind of different. You've got to be different at them in different ways. But if you, need to, if you want to get better at something, grow, and not just spin your tires, you've got to commit to that thing. If you want to have a stronger marriage, you've got to commit to that marriage. You're going to have a really hard time building a strong marriage if you're just like, sleeping around with a bunch of people. It's just kind of how it works. You gotta commit to that marriage. You gotta commit to that person and develop that. You wanna have strong kids and a strong family. You gotta commit to that thing. You wanna have a strong relationship with the people around you. You wanna have a strong church. You gotta commit to those things. You don't get really anywhere without committing to that stuff. And so I don't think I really need to explain the idea of commitment. I think we understand the idea of commitment. Um, I remember when I was in uh, high school. I was homeschooled uh, up until grade 11. Still turned out pretty normal, I think. And, um, and basically, homeschooled like all the way up until grade 11. And I remember going to school in, in grade 11 and being so nervous uh, showing up there, not really knowing what to expect, not knowing anybody there, and just wanting so badly to have friends. And, uh, and so when that happens, you basically fall into like the lowest common denominator of friend groups. And it's like whoever will take you in, you just kind of jump in with that. And so the people that had taken me in at that time were like the soccer guys. And they were kind of sketchy. They were kind of up to like a bunch of bad stuff. And I hung out with them through all of grade 11. And they were not a, not a great crowd, not a great group. And I kind of realized this when one day um, we stole a bunch of um, fire extinguishers from the mall and went to somebody's backyard and just set them off on each other. And uh, some of the kids got expelled. Some of the kids uh, had like the police come and talk to them and stuff. It was really bad. I personally didn't steal any of the fire extinguishers, but I was there and guilty by association. And, and this was sort of where I was like, I need a better friend group. And I knew the friend group I wanted to be a part of, but they were all really close and they had gone to kindergarten all the way up to grade 12 together. And I didn't know how to break into that friend group. And they were all gone over the summer. And I remember the summer between grade 11 and grade 12. And I just said, there was one guy left from that friend group. And I was like, I'm just going to hang out with this guy every day this summer. I'm going to ask him like every day. He was a bit of a weird guy. We didn't get along like really at all. But I was so committed to having a different friend group that I was like, I'm just going to hang out. And we did again and again and again and again and again. And when everybody came back for grade 12, he started inviting me to all of their hangouts. And I built a lot of great friendships. One of those guys was in my wedding. It changed my life and my relationship with God because I had a great community around me. And I'm not saying this to be like, so that's amazing. But I'm saying it to say there's power in your commitment to something. When you actually choose to commit to something, the results of your life can really change. This is why habits are so important. Because if you commit to a habit, you over time are going to see a phenomenal result out of that habit. Now, if you're committed to the wrong things, you're going to get a bad result. If you're committed to the right things, you're going to get a good result. 
And what I am seeing in, in the landscape around me, in our church and in society, is um, not necessarily people who have a hard time committing to things. I think we are actually great at committing to things as people, as individuals. I think we have a hard time committing to the right things and knowing what the right things to commit to are. A lot of what I see people committing to is, is the accumulation of stuff, the accumulation of wealth, the accumulation of things. I see people committing a, a lot of times to um, their personal comfort, whatever makes me feel good, whatever's easy. We've got entire industries built off this. The amount of stuff on Netflix and uh, Amazon Prime and all these other things are, are built for our entertainment, for our comfort, for our pleasure. And the third thing I see people committing to a lot of the time, and, and I'm in the same boat as well. These are things that I got to watch out for, is, um, is our ego and our pride and committing to protecting that, right? And then you've got like social media that just amplifies this like a thousand times over because whether you recognize it or not, all the time we're looking at what other people have and comparing, are we above them, are we below them? And, and maybe it's not their stuff, but are we happier than they're happier? Are we, do we have more friends than they have? And, and am I in the right spot? And we get really focused on ourself in all these things. And we're so committed to these different areas of protecting our, our pride. And we don't really want to let anybody in because then they're going to know the deep stuff inside of me. And so I want to keep a, a facade and I want to get a bit of distance there. And I want to just focus on my career because I want to notch up the, the you know, the whatever it's called, the corporate ladder. I want to climb the corporate ladder and I want to get better at, at this and I, I want to get more stuff. And we begin to distance ourselves a little bit from the people around us. And what, what begins to happen is our, our lens and our outlook on life gets shifted and we become committed to the wrong things and, and it misshapes the way that we see the world around us where everything begins to serve us. How, do I, how does this thing serve me? How does this friendship serve me? How does um, my job serve me? How, do, how does, like, like, pick a thing. How does it serve me? How does it build the things that I'm committed to? And this becomes really dangerous when we begin to see our relationship with God like that. How does God serve me? When I have my quiet time with God and I read my Bible, did I get something out of it? No, okay, maybe it's not really worth going back to then. If I, if I didn't, if I can't say what I got out of it, then maybe it's not like worth my time. Or when we go to church, this becomes really like obvious in our language. When we, we go to church and we say, I didn't really get anything out of that service. You know, I left and I just didn't, like it didn't really do anything for me. I don't know, the, the speaker must not have really prepared too well. Or like the, the band, it was good, but the level was off. I didn't really get anything out of it. Or our connect group. And we go to our connect group and I don't know, I don't really get anything out of these, like spending time with these people. They're just not the people for me. I don't know, like I'm just not really getting anything out of it. And we begin to become so self-focused in, in, the, in the things of our life, it becomes about us. And it's like a, it's like a frog like uh, boiling in water. Everything around us is just like focused on this thing and, and the temperature begins to rise and we acclimatize and suddenly we realize, oh my gosh, how did I get like this? How, how is everything in my life focused on serving me? So I wanna look at what God says about this idea of, of commitment, this idea of, of dedication, the things that we should be committed to. First John 2, 15 and 17, it says this. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. The lust of the flesh, our, our comfort, our personal comfort. The lust of the eyes, the jealousy and the roaming eyes of, of the things around us. Uh, the, the pride of life, protecting our arrogance and our ego and all of these things. These, like, not only are these things we've got to avoid, but often we can become committed to these things. And, and focus so much on like, this is the thing I want to develop and grow. And that's a dangerous place to be. John 12, 24 to 25, this is Jesus speaking and he says this. Very truly I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. 
Anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world, in this world, will keep it for eternal life. And this is a powerful teaching that Jesus is saying, and, he, and he's speaking to this idea of loving life and loving the things around us. And he says, listen, if you've got this seed, as long as it stays as a seed, if it doesn't fall into the ground and die, it'll just be one single seed. But if it'll fall into the ground and die, it'll produce many seeds. It'll actually have fruit to its life. And what Jesus is saying here, and the point that he's trying to make is, listen, in order to be committed to the things that God wants us to be committed to, it takes a level of humility and death to ourself in order to actually live out all that God has for us. And this is where we go back to, to Philippians, where it said here, this is the example that Jesus set for us. He takes on the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness, and he humbles himself. The example that God sets for us isn't an example of hustling or grinding or accumulating or any, anything like this. The example God sets for us is an example of, of service to the people around him. God, who didn't need to serve anybody, chose to serve everybody. And that's a, that's a powerful example in, in the life of Jesus. And today, I think that that's our biggest hang-up in committing to the things in our life that are really going like, to um, help us grow in our relationship with God. In, in committing to our relationship with God, we just, we just don't recognize the fact that it's going to be hard a lot of the time. Committing to something is easy when it's easy. It's like, why it's easy? If you commit to the thing and it's easy and it's all fun, that's amazing. It's really easy to commit. But when it gets hard, it gets really hard. And it's hard to commit. And it's hard to choose to commit to that thing over and over. And it takes a level of humility and submission and, and a servant attitude. How do I serve those around me to submit to... Um, each other in relationship and to submit to like the authority of our church and to submit to the authority of God in our life when he says hey this isn't actually the way that you need to be living I've got a different way it takes a humility in us for us to go okay I, I trust you God I, I'll believe that then and I'll actually live that out it takes work it takes effort and Jesus is, is just such a great example of what it means to actually serve those around us and what it means to submit to the will of God the Father Jesus said like my, my mission here isn't to do my will but the will of the one who sent me and so God's, God was committed to the will of God the Father, of actually coming and doing what he was asked to do, which was um, basically communicate the love that God has for people and then take on the sin of the world, die on the cross, and create an opportunity for us to be in relationship with God. Like, that was his mission, that was his purpose, and that was what he was committed to, unto death, and unto death on a cross, which uh, is like a really bad, brutal death. Like, it was like torture you until you die kind of death. But this was the commitment level that Jesus had to serving the people around them and saving the lost that didn't know him and drawing them into relationship with him. And so if we are to model our life and our relationships off of the model that Jesus sets for us, I think the biggest hang up in committing to these things is the way that we perceive the people around us and, and choosing to actually take on the, like, the likeness of a servant to serve those around us. Not to be served by those around us, not to be served by our church or a connect group or our pastor or anything, but to serve those around us. To flip the expectation and say, my purpose here is to actually serve you. It's to serve the people that are in my connect group. It's to serve the people that are at my workplace. It's to serve my family and not have a perspective of what can I get out of this, but what can I give to you in this? And this commitment, this commitment attitude, it takes care of this idea of consumerism. Because when it's really good, it's really good, and we're committed to it. We've made a decision, we've resolved. And when it's really bad, it doesn't really matter because we're still committed to that thing. And the result of our commitment isn't determining how committed we are to those things. We're just committed to them, period. Like, that's just how it is. We've made a decision. I'm going to commit myself to this. I'm going to choose to serve people regardless of how it makes me feel or regardless of the circumstance around it. So I think... And, and, then, and then on this idea, as I've, been, as I've been processing through what it means to commit and the benefits of committing to the right thing, I heard this, um, this statement a long time ago, and it said, you overestimate what you can do in a year, 
and you underestimate what you can do in five years. And I think that, that longevity, that attitude of I'm going to serve the people around me again and again and again, regardless of what happens, regardless of the choices that they make, regardless of the way that they affect me, I'm going to just choose to serve that person. I'm going to choose to serve and be obedient to what God has called me to. I think in a year we overestimate what can happen. And a lot of times I see people doing this, of judging where they're at after a year of doing something, right? Or after a few months. I've talked to people that have been a part of our church and have said like, um, yeah, I've been here for, you know, like five, six months, and it's good, but I don't know, like, I, I'm kind of looking for something else. I'm kind of looking for something that's a little more like this or a little more like this, or um, I'm trying not to get, like, too specific in any of these examples because uh, I, like, I could, and I don't want to necessarily go down that road of things, but it's just like, it's like, you give, you've given something six months, you've committed to something for six months, and it didn't turn out the way that you expected, and you're just kind of writing it off, right? And that's a dangerous thing because you look at Jesus and you look at his disciples, and this is God that we're talking about. And he had three years with his disciples, day in and day out. He lived with them, he taught them, he ate with them, all of this stuff, teaching them how to live and how to be and how to, how to like, uh, communicate with the people around them and how to see the world around them. And after three years, you still have like Peter being ridiculous, like completely uh, denying, oh, I never knew the guy. You've got Judas who like sells him out to his death. You've got all of the disciples after three years of being with Jesus day in and day out, hiding in the upper room after everything and being like, ah, I don't, I don't want to like, I don't know what's going on. And just like shrinking back in fear. And so my question a lot of the times is like, what do you expect after six months of being part of a connect group or a community or a church? Like if Jesus couldn't do it in three years, what do you expect your pastor to do in a year? So you've got to have like... What's the expectation around that? Are we just committed because we know that maybe I don't see the results today, but God's asking me to commit to a community of people that, that can, that, as he says, like iron sharpens iron, that can draw me closer to him over my lifespan, and I'm going to choose to just commit to that day in and day out, and I'm going to choose to make it better, and I'm going to choose to be a part of it over and over and over again. I got, I got a no time. I'm running out of time. Um, but uh, listen... Um, one of the things that I did, I did want to like just touch on here uh, before, before we jump into close, because there's, there's a lot more that I had written down that I'm just not going to get to. But um, like th- th- as I was thinking about this, I wish that I could say not committing to something is only like hurting yourself, right? Like if we're not going to commit to a relationship with God in a deep way, that's only hurting you. Or if we're not going to commit to a community of people, that's only hurting you. And I, like, that would be really nice if that was the statement, but it's not necessarily true. It's, it's actually hurting the people around you as well, right? It's, it, it's missing an opportunity for all that you could do to serve the people in your life. And so not, not stepping into all that God has for you and choosing day in and day out to be a part of what God's called you to isn't just hurting yourself. It's hurting the people around you. It's hurting your church. It's hurting a lot more than that. And I'm not trying to like guilt trip anybody into it. I'm just trying to demonstrate, like, listen... There has to be out of us a resolve to commit to the things that God has called us to day in and out when it's easy and when it's hard. And this is like not something that we can just muster up ourselves. It's something that we have to ask God for, that the Holy Spirit can come in and say, I'm actually going to give you the strength to commit to the things that I need you to commit to. You can't just like stand in front of the mirror and like slap yourself in the face and be like, today I'm going to commit to this annoying person that I see every day and I'm going to build a relationship with them. You've got to ask God, God, I need you to give me what I need to love people the way that you've asked me to love them, to serve people the way that you've asked me to serve them, to be a part of your church and to see your kingdom come on earth today in the ways that you've asked me to do that. It's not something we can do alone. The whole, like, just talking from, like, a, a personal standpoint now as I'm, I'm closing up here is, like, the reason that, that I joined church in general in the first place, in Slate Church specifically, was to serve people. That was, that was the reason, to come and actually help people better understand who Jesus was in their life. And, uh, and I find myself 
in, in this boat too. So again, I'm not, I'm not talking at anybody today. I'm, I'm in this as well, and I'm preaching to myself. But I can find myself with these same gripes of critiquing how this thing isn't giving me the things that I expect out of it, how my leader isn't giving me what I want, or how my connect group isn't giving me what I want, or how my church isn't giving me, or how God isn't giving me like, the things that I need or expect. And, um, and the thing about it is like, I gotta keep remembering and reminding myself and asking the Holy Spirit to help me and remind me it's not about me. Like, like God doesn't exist to serve me. My church doesn't exist to serve me. The, the, the relationships that I have, my wife doesn't exist to serve me. But I've got an opportunity to be like-minded with Christ and to, set the, and to, to live by the example that Christ has to serve those around me, to love those around me, and, and to be a bearer of the good news of the gospel of the people around me. And that takes commitment, takes dedication. But you don't have to do that on your own strength. You can ask the Holy Spirit, God, I need your help in this to get me from point A to point B to actually get over this hump because I have a real problem with this, with this relationship. I've got all this hurt that exists and I need you to just help me work through it. We've got to be careful not to be entitled about anything because um, we're not really entitled to have anything. But still, God has given us everything. Because of the commitment of Christ to the will of the Father, we have opportunity to be in relationship with God today because he actually took on our sin and allowed us to be in relationship with him. It wasn't just some, uh, some time that Jesus was trying to kill here on earth. He had a purpose and he had a mission, and that mission was to create an opportunity for us to have direct relationship with him, to draw us back into relationship with him, to say, I love you guys so much. I don't want to see you separate from me. I don't want to see you uh, bound by the sin and the brokenness that's in your life, and I want to create a way for you to know me and for you to be free from the stuff that's in your life. And so Jesus came and took on a price that only he could take on. He served in a way that only he could serve, and he committed uh, in his love to you in a way that only he commit, could commit in his love to you. Before we were ever committed to God, God was uh, deeply committed to us as people. And so I just want to take a minute here and provide an opportunity as, as we're closing to say, um, listen, if, you, if you're hearing this today and you haven't understood that Jesus isn't just some like uh, being or God or person that's looking down on you uh, full of shame and guilt and, and uh, kind of putting you in a box or anything like that, God actually loves you and he's got a purpose for you and he's committed to you and he, and he wants to be in relationship with you and he has a, he's got a great call on each of the lives that are across in this screen. We want to give an opportunity for people, maybe it's your first time in your life to say, I want to commit my life to Jesus. I want to be a person that actually uh, learns the ways and the teachings of Jesus and lives that out in my day to day. And so we're going to give a minute here. So if you're at a watch party, why don't you go ahead and bow your head and close your eyes and in the studio and at home and wherever people are today watching this, we're going to take a minute. And if that's you today, as I, I've been talking and you've been realizing, I didn't realize that God actually loved me, that he was committed to me, that he wanted to have a relationship with me, that there was a future and a hope for me in Jesus. And you want to make a decision to commit your life to Jesus and to follow Jesus and say, I'm not going to commit my life to my own uh, self-gratification or my own pleasure or, or uh, the accumulation of stuff, but I want to commit my life to following Jesus and being a part of what he has for me. If that's you today, maybe for the first time, I want to invite you at a watch party. You can just go ahead and raise your hand. If you are watching a church online, there's a button you can push that kind of symbolizes a raised hand. If you're watching on YouTube and you're at home, why don't you just go ahead and raise your hand wherever you are right now. And I want to pray for you today. Jesus, we love you. Thank you for um, anybody that's making that decision for the first time today to say, I want to commit my life to Christ. I want to commit my life to the call that Jesus has for me. I want to follow him. I want to learn the things that he's um, teaching, and I want to understand better and deeper how I can not just know him, but, but share the good news of him to those around me. God, I pray for the people that are making that decision for the first time. God, I pray that you would meet them right where they are today, that you would help them know that you have a purpose and that you love them, God. And, uh, and we just thank you for the lives that are being changed today. In your name we pray. 
Everybody said amen. Amen. Well, that's the best decision that you can make, and uh, it's the beginning of a journey in your relationship with God. It's the start of a commitment to a life with Jesus. And, uh, and we want you to stick around for next steps afterwards, and there's going to be someone that talks about it online. And if you're at a watch party, why don't you just stick around? I'm probably going to be at the front of one of these watch parties, and you can just come up and say, hey, I'd love to get to know you and to meet you. But I also want to pray for a group of people, just as we're closing here, that maybe have recognized in themselves uh, they're committed to the wrong things. And it happens day in and day out. We can be sneakily committed to the wrong things. But if that's you today, and, and we'll do every head bowed and every eye closed, because this is just a moment between you and God. If that's you today saying, I think I've been committed to the wrong stuff. I think I've been too focused on the pleasure in my life, too focused on accumulating wealth, too focused on protecting myself and my pride and my image. And I haven't really been leaning into the things that God has called me to and committed to those around me. And I want to, I want to do better to serve those around me. I want to do better to love those around me. And... Um, and actually contribute to those in my life. If that's you today, I want to invite you to raise a hand, and we're just going to pray together. My hand's raised. I'm in this as well, 100%. Jesus, we love you. Thank you for the example that you set for us, God, that when you came on earth to, to live and to die, God, you set an example of dedication and commitment to the will of God the Father and a dedication and commitment to us when we did not deserve it, God, when we didn't even know we needed it. God, you, um, yeah, you didn't... Uh, you didn't flake on your commitment. We just want to thank you for that, God. I want to thank you that you didn't see the cross before you and say, ah, it's too hard. <laughs> I don't want to do that. But God, you actually said, not my will, but yours be done, God. And you submitted yourself humbly in humility to God the Father. And I pray for us today, God, that you would, um, that you would just pour out on us a new sense of humility, God that we would just think of ourselves less and think of those around us more, God, and think of you more and how we can serve the vision that you have for our lives, God. Pray that you'd reorient our life and refocus us back in on who you are and all that you've called us to do. We love you, Jesus, and we just ask this in your name. Amen. 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 Hey, we're going to take some time to worship here together, and so why don't you stand up wherever you are, and we're going to just take a moment and turn our attention to God and praise him today.
Wow, what a great time worshiping together. And hey, we just want to say thanks to Pastor Jared for bringing that word. I just love that, that commitment, you know, and needing to commit and seeing that example of Jesus. What a great, great service we've had today. It's been awesome. I, uh, I just showed up. One of our team was like, hey, do you want to close with Emma? And I was like, yeah, sure. I don't know how he got in this spot. But here he is. I literally didn't brush my hair today. I threw on an old hoodie I found behind the couch at the office. <laughs> You're here. You're here. You made I it. I don't even know how to close right now because I didn't prepare. I think what we want to tell you to do is if you're watching at watch parties right now or online, we'd love for you to join Next Steps. You can join Next Steps by being online and following the link. If you're at the watch parties, you just stay in your seat because uh, somebody's going to make sure that they come up and talk to you, bring you to the front. And we'll talk through next steps, which is essentially just something that allows you to know what your next step could be at Slate Church. Whether you want to get involved, get no more about us, that sort of thing, join next steps. Yeah, you did well. Was that, that was okay? good. That was good. But listen, I'm also going to tell you that if you just made a decision to follow Jesus, mm -hmm. that is really so great. We are so happy for you. Why don't you fill out an online connect card at slatechurch.com slash connect. We would love to get in touch with you. Just give you a next step. Uh, just come alongside you in this journey. This is not something you want to do by yourself, even yeah. though you might be, maybe you're watching alone, maybe you're watching with your yeah. family. Listen, there's a huge community out there that calls Slate Church home, right. and we want to journey with you in this decision. Have a good Sunday. Oh no, the hood's going up. The hood's going up. Have a good Sunday, guys. We love you. <laughs> Wait, don't go. If you were thinking of attending Next Steps, do it. It is a great chance to get connected with some people. I'll be there. People like Carrie Ann and Amanda will be there. It's just a 10-minute call, and getting connected is worth it. I know that I wish I had done it way sooner than I did, so if you're thinking about it, head to Next Steps now, and I'll be waiting for you there. Hey, Kenzie, how's it going? Good, 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 good
Slay Kids is now. Slay Kids is now.